Paul Dolan here with another new Almost Perfect Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Today, I'm going to be talking about Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Tip-off is in a little less than four hours. It's 4.19 right now. And again, I just wanted to get some predictions in under the buzzer. I got some things right, I got some things wrong in the last time. Most notably, something that I was really paying attention to was the number of assists Chris Paul was, uh, was getting in Game 2. Because he started out of the gate slowly, and uh, Devin Booker really seemed actually to be picking up the load as the playmaker to begin with. But then Chris Paul did, in the end, get eight. And I did say that if Chris Paul gets eight assists or less, they will lose those games. And I was evidently wrong about that. Eh, it happens to the best of us. What can I say? But the biggest news, by far, has to be the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo is actually playing. I did not see that coming. When I started watching the first game and you saw the layup lines and I saw Giannis actually out there taking the layups, I was just beyond confused, quite honestly. I was like, what, what is happening? What, what is happening right now? I did know that Giannis was going to have a huge game too. You knew that he was going to come out more assertive, but I think actually ultimately that did lead to the Bucks not playing as well as they could have and ultimately losing that game. The Suns can hit you from the three-point line, mid-range, the free-throw line, inside the paint, anywhere on the court. They are a threat. And they've really shown that in both the games so far by scoring 118 points in both games. And this is ultimately the, the main thing that I think I want to talk about right now, is that the Bucks simply need to start scoring more points. As cliche as that is, that's that's really what this comes down to. It was clear that the Bucks wanted to get Drew Holiday going to start. I mean, in the first quarter, Drew Holiday had nine shots. And it was also clear that they wanted to get Giannis going early. But I think this ultimately led to the Bucks losing the game. Something I talk about in my latest uh, Almost Perfect Production video is... I break down a play that Chris Paul actually lets Jay Crowder be the playmaker there and how that really gets everybody going and how it gets everybody energized on the Suns. It gets everybody energized because Mikel Bridges ends up taking the shot, so he's starting to find his rhythm. Crowder finds his rhythm by finding other players and getting more involved in the offense, something that he was absolutely absent from in Game 1. DeAndre Ayton is right in his comfort zone, He's standing right on the baseline about like seven feet away from the rim, eight feet away from the rim, so that he can maybe get an offensive rebound if a shot goes up. Maybe uh, he gets an alley-oop if Brooke Lopez starts leaking up uh, to help out on the drive. Devin Booker is always locked in. And Chris Paul is the kind of guy who's been in the league long enough. He'll be able to find his rhythm no matter what in the end. So he's not somebody who's really of concern. This is something that the Bucks really need to do in Game 3 today. Game 3 is obviously a must-win for Milwaukee. If I'm thinking strategically for the Bucks, the two people on offense that I would really try to find a rhythm for early would be Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Now, I say these two players because Chris Middleton is your best three-point shooter. The Bucks as a team have not shot the three-pointer very well so far in the series. I'd really try and establish that rhythm early with Middleton. See that ball go down early and often. 
and really try and build off of that. And Brooke Lopez might be the Bucks' second-best three-point shooter. Drew Holiday's obviously up there also, but Brooke Lopez even extends his range a few feet beyond the arc. It's, it's really impressive. And if you can get some threes to drop early, I think the Suns had something like 11 or 12 three-pointers in the first half, something like that. I mean, if you're the Bucks, you need to compete with that. You cannot trade twos for threes. Giannis cannot dunk his way to three points all the time. He's clearly playing at like 75%, 80% max, and that's also being slightly generous. But this is what the Bucks need to do. They need to get their shooting going early. The Suns can score 115 in their sleep. Their entire team is offensively based. They're a good defensive team also, obviously, don't get me wrong. But they're going out there to try and outscore you, not hold you under X amount of points. By getting Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton going early, you also establish something else. While Aiton has been guarding Giannis a fair amount, if at any point he switches onto Lopez and Lopez pulls him away from the, th- from the basket, Aiton's destroying the Bucks on the on the glass. Keep him off the glass by keeping him on the perimeter. Try and switch that as often as possible. Because Aiton getting all these rebounds and dominating the offensive glass even is killing the Bucks. It's killing them. Drew Holiday will be able to get his in the end, I think, no matter what. He may not be as productive offensively, but I want his defense to do the talking early anyway. I just want him to wear down whoever he's guarding, whether it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, anybody. He just needs to start wearing those players down. Giannis, just please make your free throws, man. Come on. Like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm sorry that's what you struggle with. That's got to be frustrating beyond, beyond belief, but... You've got to start making these, man. You've got to start making these. The other thing the Bucks need to start doing is they need to get the Suns to play Milwaukee basketball. In other words, play inside. Take away the three-pointer as much as possible and take away the mid-range shot as much as possible also. Just make them take layups. You're huge down low. You can clean up the glass. Make them play Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Easier said than done. I understand that. Phoenix makes you run all over the court constantly. Their ball movement is insanely good. Their team chemistry, amazing. And they hustle every second on the court. They're a young team also, which gives them crazy amounts of stamina. So this is is a bad matchup for Milwaukee, clearly. But you're not out of it. You're not. You can definitely win this. And not only win this game, but win this series still. I think. I don't think they will. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm even rooting for Phoenix, as I have been this entire time. But I would like to see this be more competitive. You need to get the Suns to drive by you. Play uptight, right on the arc. Hand in their face. Make them blow by you. That's fine. You live with those twos. You'll live with those twos. Milwaukee should still stick with their game. And just play inside. Don't force the outside shot. Don't chuck up threes just because Phoenix is. But you've got to bring it tonight. 
you've got to hold Phoenix to 110. I mean, honestly, like that's really what you're looking at. You've got to hold Phoenix to 110. And then if you're Milwaukee, you've got to go out there with the mindset, like we've got to get 30 points each quarter. Phoenix is going to put a lot of pressure on Milwaukee today. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Milwaukee today. And if Milwaukee ends the first half with anything less than 60, I know that that's only one half of the equation. And, I mean, they might have 56 and Phoenix might have 41, for all I know. But if you're Milwaukee, you've really got to do your best to have over 60 at half. And also, if you're Milwaukee, you've really got to do your best and hold Phoenix under 50. But when push comes to shove, Phoenix is going to be in the triple digits no matter what. They're almost certainly going to be above 110 no matter what. And if they've scored 118 so far in each game of the finals, you've got to say to yourself if you're the Bucks, all right, fine, we've got to go out there and score 120 today. We've got to go out there and score 125 today. And how is it that you really get to even possibly score that many points in a game? You've got to make a lot of three-pointers. You're not going to have enough opportunities in the end to score 125 by just making twos or by 80% of your shots being two-point shots. You're just not going to. The math doesn't add up. So while I said in the previous podcast, one of the things that teams do in the playoffs that get them to lose is they get away from what they did well during the regular season. Yes, and I stand by that. But Mike Budenholzer has to make adjustments here. Primarily stay down low. Yes, your game is inside the paint. Your game is physical. Your game is defensively oriented. But every time Phoenix hits a three, you've got to mark that down because you've got to make one also then. You've got to find a way to have that number be near equal between your team's threes and Phoenix's threes by the end of the game. But enough about Milwaukee. Let me talk about Phoenix real quick. And let me just start off by saying this. How good has Mikel Bridges been and DeAndre Ayton been? It is about time DeAndre Ayton got the spotlight. Being in the same draft class as Luka Doncic and Trey Young and seeing them hog all the spotlight ever since they came into the league and you're the number one overall pick and people are calling you a bust and people are saying that you're not even all that good. Phoenix messed up that pick, etc., etc. Man, you are due this time. You really are. And let me say this also. One of the best moments of Game 2, by far, was that mic'd up coaches moment with Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. The only thing I can think of in relatively short-term memory when it comes to anything like that is Greg Popovich saying, I need some nasty. Show me some nasty. And that still wasn't as good as what Monty Williams did yesterday, but that was some of the best coaching I have seen in years. In years. Great speech. Very accurate. Very intimate. And 100% getting the most out of your player immediately after. It was, it was fantastic to see. Mikel Bridges dropping 27 in Game 2. Not to mention he's just played phenomenal defense as well. Devin Booker erupting 
this team chemistry is so good. Everybody comes out playing hard. Nobody tries to outshine the other. Everybody's just about the win. And it's just... It's just great to see. It really is. It's just great to see. This team really battled all year long. Cameron Johnson playing terrific. He's taking the shots that they give him. He's even playing very aggressively. As I said in the previous podcast I did about them during the season, this team is fun to watch, and this team is elite. Absolutely elite. It's really hard to actually say what it is that makes this team elite, but I'm going to go out on a limb and just say of how balanced it is. Everybody knows who the biggest offensive threat is on the court, Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton is an animal on the glass. And if you pay attention to how he calculates timing on pick and rolls, especially on high pick and rolls, like around midcourt with Chris Paul, he delays his role so well, so well. His timing is, it's some of the best I see in the league, in all seriousness, when it comes to the pick and roll at least. Mikel Bridges, I mean the man is an athletic machine, I've, I've been saying it. He's a Zach Levine type player with a Brandon Ingram or Kevin Durant build. He's a serious problem for the league. Jay Crowder? I mean, if I'm picking a team, this man can go to war with me any single day. He lays it all out every single time he plays. He's never going to just amaze you in the stat line, but it's possible he could give you five blocks in a game. He could give you five steals in a game out of nowhere. He could get four threes out of nowhere. He's always going to be a nuisance on the other side of the court no matter what doesn't take a single playoff and Chris Paul is Chris Paul let's just be honest the bench is very good as well very good Cameron Payne Cameron Johnson even Dario Sarge to an extent even though he's injured now I think this game is going to come down to a few factors for Phoenix to win I think all they have to do is get 12 three-pointers, probably. Just 12. 12 or 13. I think the Suns have to be just around the Bucks' rebounding numbers. If not, obviously surpass them. The more, the better. And really, I think more so tonight than anything. Because Chris Paul had six turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, in Game 2. That's a mistake that he can't make twice. And so I'm going to say that Milwaukee, not just Chris Paul, but the entire team, Milwaukee is going to try and really force the turnovers today. Really try and dig in defensively. This is going to be their most aggressive game by far. P.J. Tucker, I'm looking straight at you. Giannis, I'm looking straight at you. I need more defense today than anything else. Drew Holiday, I'm looking right at you. Chris Middleton, you can't take the entire first half off. R.J. Barrett has this same sort of tendency. He finds his rhythm in the second half a lot. And there's nothing 
crazy wrong with that. I understand. It takes time sometimes. I understand that. But you've got to get going earlier on. You've got to have an attacking mindset. Brooke Lopez, I want a couple three-pointers uh, three out of you in the first quarter. You took two shots in the first quarter in game two, and one of those was a tip-in. And you didn't take a shot for the first eight minutes of the first quarter anyway. And that shot ends up being a tip-in. So, I mean, that's not really a shot. That's rebounding. Lopez, I want to see I want to see you pull the trigger from deep tonight. Be aggressive. Giannis, I think in all seriousness, 42 points was great. But those 42 points means that, what, like 35 of them are two-pointers that are dunks or layups, floaters. And maybe three are one three-pointer. And the rest are free throws. I'd rather see Giannis score 28 to 31 and see Lopez with 16 or 17 and see Middleton with 28 or 29 than see Giannis with 45 or 47. Because Phoenix is just going to shoot you out of the building. You can't trade twos for threes today. And I want to give a quick shout-out right here to uh, a kid that I've known a long time, Ty Chen Bassin. Uh, I went to grade school with this kid, and uh, just real quick, I mean, the guy, he's been incredibly supportive, and I'm just really grateful for him. But he asked me yesterday if I think the Suns are going to sweep the Bucks or if they're going to win in five. Obviously, I think the Suns are still going to win. If they win tonight, they sweep them, without question. But I'm beginning to think that five, my immediate intuition was the most accurate one. But I'm pulling for the Bucks today, if I'm being honest. And I'm going to say that the final score is going to be 109 Phoenix and 114 Milwaukee. And I'll, and I'll even give a prediction for Phoenix to win also. If Phoenix wins, I think the score will be something like they're going to start playing with supreme confidence. As soon as they start, as soon as they get up by about 10 or 12 in the third or fourth quarter, they're going to start applying the real pressure. And they're going to start really pulling from deep. And I wouldn't be surprised if they score something like 127. No. Eh. Like one around 124 or 127. And Milwaukee will score something like 106 or 104, something like that. I still like my pick, Chris Paul, for MVP also. And also, the last thing I want to say is actually about Giannis again. Giannis 100% cost his team the win. I don't think this is probably a uh, a hot take or anything. I don't really watch must, much first take anymore. I don't watch uh, Undisputed that much anymore. But Giannis leaves the game. With five, uh, with eight minutes left or seven minutes left, with his team down by five after they fought back from down fifteen, and it looks like he's like slightly more injured than he than he was. Giannis, you can't do that. You can't do that. Over the next couple minutes, there and Pat Connaughton had a huge game. By the way, Pat Connaughton had a huge game. Over the next few minutes, the Suns had their entire starting unit in. 
and the Bucks didn't have Giannis or P.J. Tucker in the game. And then all of a sudden, within, I think it's like 90 seconds, the lead's back up to 11, and Giannis has to come back into the game. Giannis, it's the fourth quarter. You're eight minutes away from being able to put ice on your knee. You're eight minutes away from being able to rehab your knee. You're eight minutes away from being able to recover. If you start the game playing hurt, I'm sorry, but you've got to finish the game playing hurt. It It's that easy, in my opinion. Like, you're going to have the entire offseason to recover, but if you're not going to give everything in the NBA Finals, why are you there? What are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing if you're not going to give it all during the NBA Finals? You have to play those minutes. You got a 90-second break. I'm not a major athlete, but I've never recovered so much in 90 seconds that I was able to be so much more effective at something else I was doing 90 seconds later. If I'm completely exhausted before that, I'm still going to be exhausted. Just take a few possessions off scoring. Take a few possessions off trying to dunk on everybody. Rest internally through the game instead. Those eight minutes, you could, you're down five. You're down five. You can come back from that. But now you come back 90 seconds later, and it's 11, and that's the score you've been trying to fight back from pretty much all game, and you haven't been able to? What makes you think that you will now when there's six and a half minutes left now? Giannis completely cost his team that win, and I I really think that's a shame. I really would have liked to see Giannis at 100% for this series. I just think that would have been so much fun. But that's all I have to share today. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Tune in. Tip-off is tonight at 8 p.m. And who knows? You'll maybe get some more content pretty soon. Maybe I'll do a post-game show for this game even. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really love making these podcasts. I really love making these videos. Go check out my YouTube page. Go check out my Instagram. Uh, It's at State of the NBA. Thank you so much for your support. Have a great night. Enjoy the NBA Finals. And I'll see you next time. Peace.